Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for July 2nd, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Faith and Patience, The Wonder Twins, and I pray that this series has been a blessing to you thus far. Now, we've been into it for over 11 weeks. This is now uh, message number 56, so part 56 of the overall series. Uh, like I said, I know this, this, this series is being a blessing to me and to so many, and so if you've missed these messages, go back. Everything is online, it's on YouTube, it's in the podcast. These messages will be a blessing to you. The title of today's message is Growing Up. Growing up means passing tests that you have failed before. So, so like I said it, as before I got started, I was saying you need to put your big boy pants on today. This message is about being mature, about growing up as a believer. Let's get into it. Uh, before I get into the message, I will say that I'm not sharing a message tomorrow. I know a lot of people are off tomorrow because of the 4th of July weekend. So uh, this will be the last message that uh, that you get this week, and then I'll release you into the 4th of July weekend, and then we'll continue this series on Monday. So our foundational scripture is James 1, 2 through 4. This is very pertinent to today's message. The Bible says, my fellow believers, listen, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, you should see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can, for you know that when your faith is tested, it develops inside of you the power to endure all things. And then when this patient endurance grows stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger, it actually releases perfection, or that word perfection is also translated maturity, right? That's what we're talking about today, growing up. It releases maturity into every aspect of your life to the point where the Bible says there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. And that's where you want to get. You want to get to the point where you are grown up. You're no longer a baby. You're no longer on milk. You are on meat. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says there's a right time, there's a season for everything, and everything is going to happen in your life at just the right time. And then instead of reading a passage in Genesis, we got to Genesis 44 today. But um, what I'm going to try to do, instead of reading the whole chapter, I'm going to try to summarize the whole chapter in today's message. So what does this mean to you today? What I'm going to do is I'm going to set the stage, and then I'm going to give you two things to share with you on today as I release you into the weekend, into this 4th of July weekend. So two things. Let me set the stage first. This is where I want you to rid yourself of all distractions and lock in. Two, let me set the stage. Here, here we go. So chapter 44 opens up with Joseph and his brothers finishing up that meal. Remember the meal I talked about yesterday? So they had this big spread. They had a party. They had food. They had more than they could eat. All of that was great. And when the meal was over, Joseph was like, okay, you guys can go back now to whence you came from, right? You can go back to Israel. I'm gonna release you back and I'm gonna let you go with food. And so it was like, wait a minute. He's like, oh, I thought Joseph was gonna reveal himself. He was like, well, no, Joseph had one final test before he revealed himself to his brothers. He really wanted to know if they had changed. And this is how it is. God will test you. God will prove you. So Joseph ordered uh, the brothers' sacks to be filled with as much food as the donkeys could carry. And so they was like, man, this is awesome. So they get all this food. And then he told his servants, he said, hey, listen, here's my personal silver cup, and I want you to take this chalice and slide it in 
to Benjamin's sack. And he was like, okay. And so when nobody was looking, the servant went over there and they're filling up the food. And in the sack that belonged to Benjamin, they slid in Joseph's personal chalice, his personal silver cup. And so they slid it in there and then Joseph sent his brothers away. And so they left. And so after that, after he, they left, Joseph then sent a team to go catch up with them. And so the team catches up with them and stops them. They was like, hey, what happened? Everything okay? They was like, no. So one of y'all stole our master's cup, his silver cup, his chalice that, that he was drinking out of at the dinner. And if if we find this thing, they was like, no, no, no. You don't have to say nothing. The brothers were so sure. They was like, listen, we didn't touch nothing. Just so you know, matter of fact, they were so sure, they were so positive that they said, they said out of their own mouth, if you find that one of us has the cup, you can kill him. And the rest of us will become your slaves because we know we don't have no cup up in here. And so <laughs> Joseph's servant said, okay, cool. I'm good with that. I'll take you up on that. But this is what I'm going to do. If we find the cup, I don't need to take all of you guys as slaves. I'm only going to take the one, whoever has the cup, that person will become a slave and the rest of you will go free. And they was like, go ahead, search everything because we don't have no doggone cup. And so they start searching. And as they start searching, they find the cup in Benjamin's sack. <laughs> and so now the brothers are devastated. They was like, what? I mean, have you ever been there where like, you're so confident? No, go ahead. This ain't going to happen. And then it happened. And like their heart sank. Their everything. They were like, oh my God. They were devastated. And then the team was like, you ain't leaving Egypt. Now you must go back and stand before Joseph. And so they was like, oh man. So now they have to go all the way back you know, with the tails between their legs, and they go all the way back to Joseph, and now they're standing there, and as soon as they get there, the uh, Judah was like, sir, sir, listen, what can we say? How can we prove to you that we are innocent? Now, our God has shown us that we are guilty. They're still thinking that they're paying for what they did to Joseph. It's like, oh my God, obviously, you know, our God is, is showing us that we're guilty. Now, all of us are going to be your slaves, even the one who had the cup, and Joseph said, no, no, I'm not going to punish all of you. I only want the one who had the cup, the youngest boy. What's his name? Benjamin, right? Yeah. I just want Benjamin. And now he's still speaking to them through an interpreter. Joseph did a really good job of not showing his cards here, right? He could play some poker. I mean, he maintained character the whole time, even though he got emotional and all that. He said, now the rest of you can go free. I'm keeping the youngest boy. I'm going to keep Benjamin. Now, this is exactly where they were 20 years earlier. This is exactly where they were. The 10 older brothers now had an opportunity to sell out their brother. They had an opportunity to walk away and leave their brother as a slave. The sultan, in this case, Joseph, only wanted Benjamin. So what would they do? They failed the, the test 20 years earlier, but what would they do now? Would they leave Benjamin with Joseph? Uh, would they you know, disregard their father? They knew that this would really crush him. And, and, and so, or would they operate in love? Because remember, love puts God first. So at this point, Judah spoke up and he says, listen, sir, we can't do this. Um, our father loves this boy. And our father already told us that if something happened to Benjamin, he might die of a broken heart. Judah put Benjamin first. Judah put his father first. Finally, uh, um, you know, he was like, sir, I will be your slave. Judah was like, forget it. Sir, if you got to take anybody, take me. I would rather stay here as a slave than Benjamin. Please let me stay here in the place of Benjamin and, and let my brothers go back home. You could do with me what you want, 
but I can't do that to my father. And with that, they passed the test. And now I'm not going to tell you, just like, you know, uh, uh, the soap operas in the movies go boom. At this point, they'll be like to be continued. So I'm not going to tell you what happens next. So I'm not going to, I'm going to just stop right there and you'll pick it up on Monday. So I'm not going to tell you what happens next. It's like a cliffhanger. Now, of course, you can open up your Bible and read it, but I know that a lot of you are not going to do that. So you're going to pick it up from there on Monday. So what does this mean to you today? You're like, okay, this is a cool story, Rick, but I really, I got a lot of stuff to do this weekend. Give me some stuff. All right, I got you. I got you. Two things. Number one, here we go. Maturity should be your goal. Look at me. All of these stories is great. Going to church is cool. Clapping on the second and fourth beat getting dressed up, doing all of that is is fine. But at the end of the day, the goal is to be mature. The goal is to grow up as a Christian. The The goal is to get to the point where there's nothing missing, nothing lacking. You read it in the scripture there, James 1, 2 through 4, says that as this endurance grows stronger and stronger, it releases perfection and maturity into every area of your life to the point where there's nothing missing and nothing lacking. You want to get to the point where there's nothing missing in your life, where, where you are actually developed and you are mature. And in order to be mature, you must be willing to be processed, to be able listen, God is not punishing you. He's processing you. You got to be processed to the point where you can carry the weight of the anointing associated with your divine assignment. So growing older, let let me say this, and I want to be very clear about this. Growing older does not automatically equal growing more mature right? You, you, you know people that are older, but they're not mature. And you know people that are young, that, are, that have maturity that exceeds their years and experience. It had been 20 years since Joseph, you know, had lost, uh, last saw his brothers. And so he's having this experience. He knew that they were older, but he wanted to know if they had been maturing in the process. He wanted to know if they had changed. He wanted to know if they were still the same angry, hateful, jealous boys with no regard for their father, no regard for their family, because that's what they did to Joseph. That was terrible, but he, he wanted to know. And as he's looking at, at them now, he, they look like loving and caring and compassionate men who had developed godly character. And so they passed the test. My question is, would you pass it? Like, are you growing as a believer? The fact that you've been walking with God for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, don't tell me that you've been going to church all your life. Okay, cool. You've been going to church all your life. You remember Sunday school. And yeah, you, you, and you've been in church for 30 years, but does that mean that you're mature? I, I mean, just because you know all the songs, does that mean that you're mature? I mean, in, in this series, I hope that you're taking self-inventory. You, you got to ask yourself some, some real questions. I mean, this is real talk. Are you growing in faith? right? Are you a believer? Are you really growing in faith? Can you believe God on a greater level than you could in the past? Is your heart open to believe what God believes about you? Are you believing God on God's level? Are you dreaming God-sized dreams? Are you growing in patience? Are you able to hold on long enough to see what God said? Are you going to throw in the towel just because things get difficult, right? Are you really growing in faith? Are you growing in patience? Are you growing in love? Or are you still selfish and self-centered and full of pride? Do you look down on other people? Are you very judgmental, right? I mean, do you go to church? on Sunday and worship and then go eat in the afternoon and, and become nasty to the servant and to the you know to the server at the restaurant. Are you a nasty person? Just because you worship doesn't mean that you're growing. Are you really growing? I know that a lot of Christians, listen, like I said, this is grown-up stuff today. A lot of Christians today are focused on Hey, I want this big house. Hey, I want this nice car. Hey, I want nice things. And so let me go after God because I want stuff. Okay, cool. Listen, God doesn't have a problem with giving you stuff. 
If you like cars, God can give you 10. That's not the issue. God doesn't have a problem with that. But cars and houses and clothes are not a sign of maturity. Just to be clear about this, God looks at your heart. God is looking at your heart. He wants to know, are you growing? Yes, you're growing older, but are you growing? Are you maturing? That should be your goal. You should get to the point where you are transformed into his image, into his likeness on this planet. When people come in contact with you, can the world see Jesus in you? Can the world hear Jesus in you? And if not, you're not growing. And it has nothing to do with age. It has everything to do with maturity in him. Number two, you're like, dog, Rick, you normally encourage me. No, I'm encouraging you. I'm encouraging you to grow up. <laughs> I'm encouraging you to become the man, the woman that God called you to be. Number two, if you fail a test in God, then God will give you another opportunity to pass that same test. We all face tests from time to time. And, but, but here's the point. The point is, can you think back five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and you fail some tests? These were tests of your character, tests of compassion, and you fail those tests. Now, would you make the same mistake today? Like today, if God gave you that opportunity to pass that same test, would you pass? Because God is a, a God of progression and not a God of regression. As we're walking with God, we should be progressively growing. If you didn't fail the test, I mean, if you fail the test back then, then you can rest assured that God is going to give you another opportunity to pass that same test. And if you fail again, God will give you another chance. And if you fail again, God will give you another chance until you pass it. Because unlike the system of this world, see, here's the problem with, with this world. In this world, we're not going to let a 20-year-old sit in first grade. Just not going to do it. So, so at some point, they'll just let the kid move on. Even though the kid keeps failing, they'll just let the kid move on. And so, so now what happens is you got people that are in church and they, they say, I've been in church all these years, but that doesn't mean anything. I mean, if, or if you're not growing, if you're not developing, you're not maturing, right? So God is not going to just let, let you move on just because you're getting older. God is not going to say, well, this looks embarrassing to have this 25-year-old man in second grade. No, God will let you keep taking the same test until you pass it. And God is not going to let you go to the next level. Look at me. Look at me. As I send you into this weekend, you're like, dog, Rick. Yeah, no, no, this is real stuff, real talk. God is not going to promote you to the next level until you pass the level that you're on. The Bible says that if you are faithful with little, God can give you much. And all these people, they want much. They want much. They want much. But you're not being faithful over the little that you have today. And if you're not faithful over little, God won't give you much. God is not going to say, well, it's been 30 years, so let me just go ahead and give him much. No, no, God won't do it. If you are not faithful over what you have, God will not promote you to the next level. So it is time to grow up. It is time to mature. It is time to get to the point where we are growing and maturing in God. Last thing I'm going to tell you as I release you into the weekend, the last point I'm going to give you for today is this. You must be committed to lifelong learning and growing because God is committed to lifelong testing and proving. Let me say that again. You must be committed to lifelong learning and growing because God is committed to lifelong testing and proving. And if you don't pass the test, if, if you don't allow God to prove you, you will not move on to the next level because God is not in the business of blessing laziness. God won't bless your mess. It's time to grow up. And the church said, amen. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. You're like, oh man, come on. No, I am encouraging you. 
I am encouraging. I'm encouraging you to grow up. I want you to lift up your voice and declare this over your life. Say, Father, I know you are a God of progression and not regression. I progressively move forward in you. I am committed to lifelong learning and growing. Every day with you, I am developed more and more. I develop godly character as I experience everything you allow me to endure. I am not the same person I was several years ago. If I am presented with the same test today that I failed in the past, I declare that I will do better because I'm yielded to you, Father, on a greater level. My success has not come with more trying. My success has come with more dying. The more I die, the more you live in me, which is why I can boldly declare that greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, click on the subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Now, this is a message you know that you may need to listen to again, but this is also a message you know that people need to hear. It may not be what they want to hear, but it's what they need to hear. So share this on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Leave me some comments in the chat. Listen, I really do love you. I love you, and I love you enough to tell you the truth. So as I release you into this 4th of July weekend, I pray that you have a, a, an amazing weekend, that you meditate on this thought, and that we're going to pick up this story on Monday morning. I love you, and God loves you more. God bless you.